living a child. We will survive in this country wilderness. Swimming through the waters of Babylon like a rebel fish. Jogging is specialist, critical and survivalist. Spitting heaven's fire from his lips. Burning slave driver. The time for an awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4, 6 states, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people will turn this around. Proverbs 4, 7 states, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. With all thy getting it and understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live audio at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage and catch the live stream. At that location, you can join us at www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. You catch the live stream there also. We're streaming at abibitumi.com. That's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. They stream from Ghana. Or you can download the TuneIn Radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn Radio is a free radio app. In that tune-in search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening. You'll see the icon, and you can stream the program live, even into your car if you had a Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, that's Time for an Awakening radio program with the live stream on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Time for an Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook. In that Facebook search engine, you can type in Time for an Awakening radio program. There you always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor, before you leave that page, just hit that like button. It's Time for an Awakening radio program with the fan page on Facebook. And Time for an Awakening media is also there, always full of the latest podcast of the various programs on Time for an Awakening. Interesting articles that you can read. Download it later times and share with your friends. Also check out that time for an awakening marketplace and our partnership with the BB Toomey. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Uh, various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So again, make that one of your favorites. Put that in your address bar. That's timeforanawakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to Time for an Awakening Media. It's 7.07 here on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening, this Sunday, January the 28th edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening in conversation, educator, activist, organizer, and president of the Afro-descendant nation, Dr. Akila Mukaram, is joining us. Also, activist, organizer, and chairman of the Guyana Reparations Committee and vice chair of the CARICOM Reparations Commission. 
Brother Eric Phillips is joining us in conversation to talk about and inform our listening audience on the national public site on on the reparations and uh, many other things dealing with the uh, the plebiscite. We'll be right back to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. <laughs> Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked? Suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not what you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use 
to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening at 712 on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Arch Street, Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Ellie. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. And, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation and really the, the, you know, the inspiration because I'm, I'm a believer. This is, I usually I hear myself tell people I'm a, I'm not a believer, but I'm, I'm a believer in self-identifying as a national entity. Um, and the process of the plebiscite, um, I think is like really, you know, not just from a historical context, it's definitely on time and it's definitely, you know, I mean, I will, I'm glad to be engaged and to be alive, um, as this process continues towards that, um, designation. Richard, um, let me just say this before I introduce our guest. Uh, you know, since we've been here, we've been involved in struggles to get full repair and to alert, uh, to alert our people of the situation we're in and necessity to repair ourselves as a people. From David Walker's appeal to Henry Holland Garnett to Callie House and Isaiah Dickerson and what they were doing in regards to reparations up at the Queen Mother Moore and a lot of the others in between. For decades after that, uh, organizations arose that have been fighting for reparations, organizations and individuals. And in recent years, new organizations have joined this fight. But it's clear to me that we have to agree on some type of operational unity so we can work together mm-hmm. to accomplish full repair, Richard. Tonight, yes, yes. tonight, our guests will tell us about the uh, National Plebiscite on Reparations, the ballot that's out there. Uh, before we end this program tonight, our listening audience will have a full understanding of exactly what's being said. Uh, if you've got any questions, you can call Two one five four nine zero ninety eight thirty two. Uh it's a lot of other organizations involved, but we have two key members tonight on the air with us to speak about the National Pepsite on Reparations. Educator, activist, organizer, and president of Afro Descendant Nation, Doctor Akila Mukaram is joining us 
along with activist, organizer, and chairman of the Guyana Reparations Committee and vice chair of the Curacom Reparations Commission. Mr. Eric Phillips is joining us, and I'm going to unmute both of their mics. Dr. Akila, are you there? Yes, sir, Brother Elliot, I'm here. Great. And uh, Brother Phillips, can you hear me? Yes, I can, my brother. Great. I'm glad to have both of you with us tonight to talk about the National Pebbasite mm-hmm. on Reparations. And to, uh, you know, we'll get into the ballot also because I think that's very important. They go hand in hand. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I would like uh, Dr. Keeler, uh talk about, mm-hmm. before we kind of talk about the uh, uh, the organizational efforts which brought this uh, 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 plebiscite forth, just talk about your background in regards to uh, yourself, uh, your work leading up to reparations, and, and uh, just, just give our listening audience a little background, and then we'll go to Mr. Phillips and do the same thing. Uh, yes, sir. So uh, I am Dr. Akilah Mukram. Um, I have a doctorate in educational leadership, and I am a member of the Law Foundation of Islam. The Afro-descendant nation was given birth uh, out of the uh, Law Foundation of Islam. So I have uh, served as the Speaker of the House, uh, Vice President at one time, and now President of the uh, Afro-descendant nation. Uh, Some of our background comes from, um, I would say, the majority comes from the works that the Honorable Salas Muhammad and his wife, uh, Harriet Abu Bakr Esquire, who is our lead counselor, counsel, excuse me, and our queen, Mashaki Muhammad, um, and Ida Hakim going out into uh, the UN, into Geneva, Switzerland, um, and establishing us an identity with 18 other countries. And they were there from the U.S., which made it 19 countries in, in all. So in 2002, in La Ciba, Honduras, this is where uh, those 19 countries decided that all of us in the slavery diaspora would be identified as Afro-descendants. And the Honorable Salas Muhammad uh, was instrumental in saying that we need a definition for it and gave definition uh, to it. Um, so... Collectively now, we are identified as Afro-descendant people, so Afro-descendants. All of us here in the United States of America, which we are connected with our other brothers and sisters as Afro-descendants in the slavery diaspora globally. And that's where we are uh, to start now. We're all, we're scattered everywhere, so that. My work is to uh, collectively organize us <laughs> all together and seek our self-determination and reparation for our people. Thank you. Okay. Uh, uh, Brother Phillips? Thank you, Brother Elliot. 
Yeah, my name is Eric Phillips. I am a Guyanese-born American citizen. I lived in the United States for more than 30 years and on the continent for about the same period of time. I, I have two engineering degrees and an MBA from NYU in marketing and international business. I've been a lecturer at the University of Ghana. I've been a White House fellow in 1990-91, and through that process, after that process, I was invited by um, Nelson Mandela to go to South Africa. So I went to South Africa and spent seven and a half years there. I also was managing director for AT&T Africa and Middle East. I've been to four African countries. And a few years ago, I was installed as a Zulu chief, chief as a Zulu, on the Queen Mizikazi of South Africa. Currently, I'm a chair of the Ghana Reparations Committee, a vice chair of the CARICOM Reparations Commission, and an executive director of the African Cultural and Development Association, which is the largest black organization in Guyana. We do Emancipation, Kwanzaa, African Holocaust Day, Black History Month. But we're really involved in the diaspora and are heavily involved in the international decade for people of African descent because we are Afro-descendant. So I've done some work in Colombia, Curaçao, Brazil, um, on behalf of CARICOM. That's a brief introduction. Good. Um, uh, Dr. Keela and, and, and Brother Phillips, I would like both of you to, to answer this and, and Dr. Keela first. Um, because, Dr. Keeler, you mentioned that uh, one of your missions now is to bring uh, the different reparations groups and leaders to the table. Uh, talk about that dynamic. Get, just give us a little background on that because, you know, we, we see some of the the organizations that have been dealing with reparations for a number of decades, close to 30 years, some of them. And we see that uh, newer groups have, have came on the scene to help in the fight. Um, and they might have different approaches to how they're dealing with this topic of reparations. So to talk about your your work in, in trying to bring everybody to the table. Yes, sir. So, um, Brother Elliot, just like we're on your program uh, today, we're uh, bringing awareness and trying to promote awareness to shed some light on our collective identity as a people and knowing that this is what now binds us all together in the slavery diaspora. We have our uh, different religions. We have our different ideologies, uh, which Afro-descendant, transcends all of that uh, for us in the slavery diaspora. Uh, collectively together, our identity is what binds us. And so now having that as a people, we can co finally come together on something common that is that glue uh, that binds us. And since we have been working uh, diligently in uh, trying to organize our organizations to speak in one collective voice uh, together as a people for uh, reparations and our, our self-determination. 
one thing to remember, now we have unity without uniformity. Afro-descendant gives us that. We are diverse people, and I am making it known now, and those that are with us, like my brother that's here, Eric Phillips, uh, we are making it known that we are Afro-descendant people, and we are working on behalf of all Afro-descendants. And it is important for us to be speaking collectively with one voice and for us to take on our nationality as Afro-descendants because we are scattered throughout the slavery diaspora. Thank you. You know, before I go to uh, Brother Phillips, let me do a little follow-up, Dr. Keela. The the term Afro-descendant. Yes, sir. Because some, some of our listeners might not have heard the term before or might not be too familiar with it. So, uh, the organization or the, the 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 group didn't just arbitrarily pick that name. Uh, that name had legal standing uh, in regards to international affairs. Uh, it, it kind of explain that to our listeners because uh, they might not be aware. You know, because a lot of a lot of our people that are involved in different organizations, you know, they arbitrarily kind of choose names. But it was an right. important reason why that name was chosen. And you kind of touched on it in the beginning. But I just want you to kind of drive that home because I heard, I heard when I was listening to the teaching, I heard several of the attorneys that dealt internationally uh, with the U.N. and talked about the use of that term and the importance of the use being an accepted term. Just talk about that a little bit before I go to Brother Phillips. Yes, sir. So um, prior to us uh, having the name, some of our uh, brothers and sisters were already using uh, the term Afro-descendant to describe themselves or to identify themselves. And at that uh, 2002 um, seminar in La Ciba, Honduras in March, those 19 countries that were there together, there were uh, different countries uh, represented. Uh, Brazil was there, Peru, and so forth. And from the United States, as I said earlier, um, our representatives there were the Honorable Salas Muhammad, uh, his wife, uh, Harriet Abu Bakr Esquire, and Ida King. We were all represented there um, as Afro-descendants throughout the slavery diaspora. And I know that the Honorable Silas Muhammad had suggested that we be called lost, found people, uh, but that didn't go over well. <laughs> and But the Afro-descendant kept coming up. It kept coming up. And so um, Brazil had already acquiesced and uh said that they agreed with using that identity, Afro-descendant, and then the Honorable Salah Muhammad acquiesced for the United States. And that was the um, identity that was decided on between those of us in the slavery diaspora. We made that decision ourselves, those, those leaders of us. 
and the Honorable Salas Muhammad said, now we need to give name to it. And the name, uh, excuse me, not name, we have the name, the identity. Now we need to give definition to the name, to Afro-descendant. And so we have a working definition that those uh, agreed to uh, that were there at the time, those 19 countries, um, although I'm told that Brazil wants to add something to this definition. So again, it's a working definition, uh, and I will uh, give that to you. So the term Afro-descendant refers to people who were forcibly dispossessed of their homeland, Africa, were transported to the Americas, and slavery diaspora for the purpose of enslavement were subjected to slavery, were subject to forced mixed breeding and rape, have experienced through force the loss of mother tongue, culture, and religion, and or have experienced racial discrimination due to lost ties or partially lost ties from their original identity. Mr. Phillips, uh, talk about it from your perspective and, and the, um, the uh, folks from your region uh, coming to the agreement to use the term uh, Afro-descendant nation. Uh, because yes. I, I think all of our experiences might be different uh, in the different diasporas, even though we have the uh, the same common enemy uh, that have oppressed our people. Some of our uh, experiences with them might be different. So just talk about it from uh, your perspective uh, at dealing with the, uh, the islands and, and South America, how the people came to that agreement. Thank you so much. I fully agree with what was said in terms of being Afro-descendant and in the definition. You know, we are a complex people. We're separated by geography, language, religion, philosophy, even skin color. But we're all descendants of Africa. And indeed, the United Nations has recognized that in terms of the International Decade for People of African Descent, which ends this year. This was a 10-year period. Hopefully there will be a second decade because the force was unfunded. And if you fund, if you proclaim something, whether you're the United Nations or not, and don't put any money behind it, it's doomed to fail. But we are indeed people of African descent. Uh, I myself grew up in Guyana. I spent a lot of time in the United States. I lived in... Britain, I lived in Belgium, I lived in Ukraine, I lived in Canada, and we're all the same regardless of which country I've been. We've been exposed to different lived experiences, depending on the environment we're in. In the United States, you feel less African than if you are in the Caribbean, because we live that every day. We celebrate African holidays. We celebrate African leaders, whether they're in the United States, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, or in Africa, Mandela, or in, in Europe, or our own Marcus Garvey. So we indeed have to understand 
that there is a clash of civilizations going on. You look at what's going on in Israel, you look at what's going on in India, whether it's religious or east versus west. We have to appreciate that there is a clash of civilizations and that Africans are a people who have been oppressed most of their lives. Apart from chattel slavery, which went on for 400 years, in 1884, we had the Berlin Conference, where they divided Africa among themselves. And today, that and that led to colonization and actually to what we're seeing today, rampant capitalism, which is destroying not only Africa and taking over resources, but destroying the world, destroying the climate, destroying the earth. And we, as people of African descent, whether we're in Brazil, where there are over 100 million, or in the Caribbean, where we're about 14 million, Haiti has another 11 million, or in Africa, where we have 1.3 billion, or whether we're in the Netherlands, or Germany, or United Kingdom, or France, we are still people of African descent. And just to impress on you this, when I leave Guyana and come to the States, people don't know I'm Guyanese or American. They see me as a black person. They see me as an African. And their attitudes are geared towards me being an African. So we need to understand that we are people of African descent and we are Afro-descendant nation. And if we don't come together with a common understanding about this clash of civilization and that we need to come together to leverage our respective strengths so that we can win this battle, they'll continue to divide and rule us as they've done throughout history. So I fully agree with the designation of Afro-descendant. And hopefully in the next decade, we'll call ourselves Afro-ascendant because we are going to be ascending through Africa and through commonality in the diaspora. That's what I wanted to add. Okay. Uh, Richard? Yeah, and again, um, thank, you, thank you both for, for the work in, in going about this. And, and I do have a couple of uh, thoughts in relationship to trying to get point of clarity. And because and, what I hear, and I, I need it, um, especially Dr. Killer, I need you to, you know, help me with this. On one hand, Afro-descendant, correct me if I'm wrong, is to a identifier to, that will identify those of us in a kind of global diaspora um, perspective. And you mentioned about <clears throat> about the the ability to be able to create um, a collective identity, and then on the other hand, I hear Afro descendant for those of us in North America specifically can be who have created individual identities is to be able to create a collective identity that for us. Um, my question is: Well, why is why this approach? With, with this collective that for those of us in the diaspora and those of us in, on, in, in North America, why do we need to use the approach of having a collective identity as Afro-descendant? Well, thank you, Brother Richard. Um, so as a collective identity, it, I'll, I'll say it like this, like an, for an example, uh, you look at the Native Americans and the other um, Indians and tribes uh, globally, they are identified as indigenous people. 
So us here in America and our various organizations uh, that we go by, the organizations are not identifying us as a people uh, together. And it doesn't, our organizations don't, don't connect us to our brothers and sisters uh, globally. And Afro-descendant does. It's a unifier. It, Afro-descendant, our collective identity, connects us to all other descendants in the slavery diaspora. And as I said earlier, we're scattered. We're in different places. So wherever we are, we are Afro-descendants. And regardless to the organizations that we're in here in America, we are Afro-descendants. Afro-descendant is our nationality. Just like uh, people of China, their nationality is Chinese. So our nationality wouldn't be our different organizations that we're in. Again, like I said, those organizations don't connect us to our people, our people uh, that are global. And so this connects us anywhere we are in the world. Our nationality, Afro-descendant, connects us to each other. It binds us together. That is what we have in common. And we have that through what we've been through, our lived experiences that we've, we've had. So we, we are all connected through coming up from ancestors of slavery. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Brother Phillips, you know, you um, being a part of the, the, the CARICOM um, I'm going to call it, if you don't mind, and correct me if I'm using the wrong term, um, a representative of of nations within the Caribbean um, hemisphere. Um, so the, the question that comes to my mind, is there, speaking from the perspective of North America and, and, and those of us who are in America, we're not, um, from a state perspective, we're a, if a stateless people. Um, who have been affected by the disruption, you know, of the Atlantic slave trade. Um, but in CARICOM, and this is where I guess I'm, I'm going to, is it, um, state representatives like Eat Jamaica, um, you know, Barbados, Guyana as states who are, will acknowledge being, um, Afro descendants or is it the populations within the states that will yes. be considered Great question. Yeah, Caric- the CARICOM community that I represent, they're comprised of many sovereign states. And there are Africans here, there are Indians here, there are Portuguese here, there are Chinese here. So I doubt at a sovereign level, these nations would want to call themselves Afro-descendant. But we, the people, the majority people in the Caribbean who have had the same lived experience, from whom Africa is the center of our identity, we are Afro-descendant. So we will consider ourselves, and we are Afro-descendant, because it's not about nationality. That's one of the things that divides us. Um, as 
a doctor said, you know, there are indigenous people all over the world. They're Chinese. They're Indians. We keep getting confused by calling ourselves black, which is a color. And I mean, it was an evolution from Negro to black as our consciousness evolved and we linked back to Africa. But we are Afro-descendants, and at least at the United Nations, that um, designation has been legalized internationally through the people of African descent. We have a forum for people of African descent. We're all Afro-descendants because we have to recognize that the source of our identity is Africa. The source of our crisis was the Europeans going to Africa and destroying it whether through colonization or through chattel slavery. And we are dispersed throughout the world. And we have to come together collectively. And that designation of Afro-descendant is ideal because nothing else connects us back to the continent. There, I mean, there are Indians that are blacker than me. So we have to figure out who we are. Everybody goes back to the motherland, to the mother lobe, and that is Africa. And until Africa comes together with its diaspora, we're not going to solve problems because capitalism is a global problem. Chattel slavery was a global problem. And so we have to come together collectively so that we could have a common identity, a common set of values, and a common approach to how we succeed. So Afro-descendant brings us back to the core issue that we are from Africa, and Africa is the motherland, and the source of our solution as well as our problem. And, and before I turn it back over to you, Ellie, and, and if you don't mind, um, Dr. Killer, um, the thing that comes, to, you know, because the United Nations came up a couple of times so far in our exchange, um, how does this, um, this identifier, um, how does this relate to the United Nations, if at all? As it relates to reparations, how, how, how does this assist or, or what does this mean in relationship to the United Nations? Okay, thank you, uh, Brother Richard. So one thing is that uh, when we are going for uh, reparations uh, with an independent arbitrator so that, such as the United Nations, uh, we... They can't go there disjointed, uh, calling ourselves different things. We have to go as a people because we're seeking uh, reparations for our people and self-determination for our people. So our identity, our collective identity, Afro-descendant, is ideal, as Brother Eric would say, for us to go uh, there collectively to uh, seek uh, reparations for our people. And again, we are all over. So uh, Afro-descendant unifies us, that binding glue that connects us to one another throughout the slavery diaspora. And that is why it is so important that we we uh, hold on to it dear and tight, love it, caress it, and wear it. The fight in the United States. That is what we would do. Yeah, the fight for reparations in the United States is no different than the fight for reparations in the Caribbean or in the UK or Holland or Brazil. 
So we have to have that collective identity because we can't just go as sovereign states. We have to go as civil society. We have to go as African organizations in a unified platform. So by giving us this title or, or if, by accepting ourselves as being Afro-descendant, it gives us a better platform, especially if we're going to the International Court of Justice, which is an institution of the United Nations, so that we can leverage all the, the nations of Africa if we need to vote on a resolution in the United Nations, we need all of Africa, 55 countries, we need all of Caribbean, and we need other countries that are supporters. So it's critical that as they come to the United Nations platform, where their votes, critical votes in terms of how we could succeed at the ICJ, whether we want a tribunal like the Nuremberg Tribunal, or whether we want to go to the ICJ for crimes against humanity, we have to have a common identifier. Because the crimes were the same, and those who committed the crimes are partners. I mean, the Dutch apologize. But when the Dutch apologize to me, the Dutch apologize for the British, for the French, for the Portuguese, for the Spanish, because they're all accomplices. And if we were to not look at it as accomplices, in America we'd be looking at the British. But the British were, their, their accomplices were the Dutch who gave them the technology, were the Portuguese who started it. So we have to understand we have a common enemy and a common problem, and we need to have a common identity to have the right legal leverage when we go to these international institutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and this is, this is, this is for uh, uh, both uh, Dr. Keeler and, and, and Brother Eric. Um, the... Um, well, let me, let, let me, first, let me, let me read th- these two uh, polls that was taken. One in 2019 by the Associated Press Center for Public Affairs and one in November 2022 uh, by Pew Research. And it states, and this is dealing with the United States, that most black Americans, 74% favor reparations compared to 15% of whites. White Americans oppose an apology uh, for, oh, wait a minute, hold it. 64% of white Americans oppose a government apology for slavery, while 77% of black Americans believe an apology is due overall. Now, that was 2019. Uh, Three years later, in November 2022, Pew, Pew Research did a similar poll and came up uh, with the margin of error, basically the same numbers. 77% of black Americans compared to 16% of white Americans support reparation for the descendants of enslaved people. So we see here that it's a dichotomy going on between children of our former slave masters and our people here in this country. Now I heard some things stated by some of the legal experts that were involved in the teaching that blacks in the United States is considered a minority subgroup of the United States. So any problems or any uh, uh, issues that you have, you appeal to the United States as a uh, uh, uh minority under civil rights but in order to take these to the UN and I, I just want you to correct me if I'm wrong the designation of Afro descendant nation ties us in 
with our global brethren, which gives us more strength. Instead of being a minority subgroup locked into dealing with Europeans in the United States, and it seems that they, that they have taken us on a merry-go-round back and forth, back and forth, and you, after you spin around on a, the Ferris wheel, you end up in the same spot years later. And dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> am I am I correct? Yes, <laughs> it is a it is a repeat cycle, brother Elliot. <laughs> As you said, around and around. Um, yes, uh, Afro descendant gives us the power that we need to make the make the changes happen uh, and collectively to bring power against our oppressors um, we again we are uh, 250 million or more is much greater than 40 million <laughs> a little bit more than 40 million <laughs> to go collectively again this is our great unifier, Afro-descendant. <laughs> yeah, so. let me add some context if I can. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. When, when you're in the United States, you're entrapped with the word civil rights because you're perceived or positioned as a minority. Whereas when we're looking for reparations, we're looking for reparations for uh, human rights. Fundamentally different. Civil rights are a subset of human rights. And we were subjected to crimes against humanity. So we have to get into the human rights architecture instead of the civil rights, because with civil rights, the U.S. government could do whatever it wants to do, including what it's doing with H.R. 40. Whereas when you deal with human rights, you get into a broader global environment in which Afro-descendant makes the most sense, and you're not a minority in it. And with that said, there is a... There is a de- designation as a political minority, which identifies, as Elliot said, to civil rights and a political majority, which the example would be, um, you know, the, I guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, the native population, the native nations within America, they're not considered a subset. They're considered a political minor- majority. Is, is that the right way to look at it from a legal perspective? Um, as we are those of us in North America. So uh, for me, Brother Elliot, I'm not sure in terms of the political minority, uh, I mean majority Mm. of the uh, indigenous people. That would be something that I would have to uh, research or find out from our our legal counsel. I'm not sure on that one. Uh, Brother Eric, do you know? It, there are less indigenous people in the United States than Africans or people of African descent. I think these are the words that entrap us by giving us these types of designations. They want us to forget that we are Afro-descendant and that we're just Americans or Afro-Americans. And so the political designations are there to divide us. In the same way that they don't want to do, they're talking about critical race theory, they don't want to teach the truth. Because if they teach the truth, more Americans would support reparations and an apology. They want to hide it. So they tell us that we're sons of slaves, and but we don't tell them they're sons and daughters of murderers and rapists. 
And un until we start changing the dialogue, they're going to continue to make us feel small by defining us as minority and all these types of things. So we have to be careful on how these political definitions pigeonhole us into false solutions because the United States does not want to give reparations to people of African descent. Neither does the European. Neither do the Europeans. So we have to figure out what they're trying to do with us and not be trapped by how they define us. We have to define ourselves and we're Afro-descendants. Oh. I agree with uh, Brother Eric, and uh, to me, as he was just stating, you know, they, there are so many different things that they bring up, and it causes a lot of confusion in our minds and keeps us away from uh, Afro-descendants. And uh, to me, it's just noise, and we have to learn how to tune that noise out and decide on what we're going to do and what's best for us as and Afro-descended people, because here, like uh, Brother Eric had said earlier, black uh, is, is a color, and you're black people, so, you know, you can't go to the UN like that. So go with the unifier, Afro-descendant, so that we can have our collective power as a people. Thank you. You know, what we're going to do, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, I, I want to kind of talk about the uh, the ballot and the, the questions on the ballot, because I think it was important uh, hearing the explanation uh, of the National Pepper Site on reparations and the ballot referendum. Um, I think those things are important for our listening audience to hear. Uh, how that came and you know and another thing that before we take our break um, during the teaching I've seen several and and uh, you know it's, it, I guess it's just a blessing that uh, myself and brother Richard has had a few of the folks on that were involved uh, uh, in the teaching had been on the program at one time or another but I've seen several organizations and reparations formations that were at the table, uh, which was great to see. Uh, sometimes it's difficult for our people here in the United States. I don't know about other countries where our people are in the diaspora, but sometimes it's difficult for our people here in the United States, black people, to, to try to work together. And then there's a lot of forces to keep us uh, from working together. But, uh, you know, I, I've seen I've seen several different organizations there at the table. I, I heard uh, one of the presenters talk about the memorandum of, of understanding uh, that is either being formed or already formed. Um, can you talk a little bit about that before we take a, a brief break, uh, Dr. Keela? Yes, sir. Uh I'm really happy about the memorandum of understanding. I, I think it takes us to a different uh, level, professional level with each other. Uh, and it helps us to keep our word and honor our word. Um, so basically um, the memorandum of understanding is 
uh, an agreement for us to collectively work together with one, one another, we collaborate with one another, and we support each other's efforts. And that's base, just the basic gist of it. Um, there are some terms in there uh, that, you know, if at any time you uh, do not want this to occur, uh, that it's, you can, you can, it, you can uh, leave at any point or you don't have to work with us. But it has been uh, great to see uh, organizations that have uh, started to uh, sign on with us and, and work with the Afro-descendant nation to uh, move us forward collectively, uh, to unify our voices together in this uh, reparations movement and movement towards our self-determination as a people. So... Um, I didn't want to, I don't know how much time you had because I, I didn't want to necessarily kind of, uh, unless you wanted me to go through some points on, on the MOU, I'm not sure. Oh, well, we'll do, uh, we'll take a brief break. And when we come back, I, I, yeah, I would love that. And also to talk about some of the ballot okay. questions, because I think uh, okay. that, that that's very important. Uh, we're going to take okay. a brief break. Right. And, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. You can get involved too mm-hmm. with a question or comment by dialing 215. 215- Four nine zero nine eight three two. That's two one five four nine zero ninety eight thirty two. We're in conversation with our guest this evening, educator, activist, and organizer, and president of the Afro Descendant Nation, Dr. Akila Mukaram, also activist, organizer, and chairman of the Guyana Reparations Committee and vice chair of Caricom Reparations Commission. Brother Eric Phillips. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back. To Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening. With host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Escape the digital plantation 
abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumi.tv.com, abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, run to safety. abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Black Power, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global Commit to You Black family, to join your interconnected Commit to You Black communities, escape the digital plantation now, abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumitv.com. Abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. We are the watchmen on the wall. You are too. You watch with a political eye. We watch from a spiritual eye. But we're supposed to be the watchmen for the people that vote for us. Sad thing is, the people vote, but they don't give you the money to run your campaigns. So here come big business. How are you? How are you, Judge? How are you, Alderman? How are you, Congressman? How are you? How are you, Reverend? <laughs> well, what can I do for you today, Reverend? You can't do nothing for me. See, that's what we got to be careful of. We got to be careful of who we bow down to. You see, when you get in your congregation and you talk this Jesus, this powerful Jesus that's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hand, then you go with your hat in your hand to the governor, to the mayor, to the president, begging for some crumbs. You have sold your God cheap. And you make the white man downtown disrespect all of us. In short, the lords of capital are creatures of U.S. imperial dominance. They go out of business when the empire does. The rulers are looking class death in the face, and it terrifies them. And when the lords of capital become frightened, they order their servants in politics and the war industries and the vast national security networks to take care of the problem by any means necessary. That means militarily encircling Russia and China, arming and mobilizing tens of thousands of jihadist terrorists in Syria in an attempt to repeat the regime change in Libya, waging a war of economic sanctions and low-level armed aggression against Iran, occupying most of the African continent through subversion of African militaries, escalating subversion in Latin America, and spying on everyone on Earth with a digital connection.
All this to stop the clock that is ticking on U.S. and European world economic dominance. The Organization of Afro-American Unity shall include all people of African descent in the Western Hemisphere. In essence, what is it thing? Instead of you and me running around here seeking allies in our struggle for freedom, in the Irish neighborhood or the Jewish neighborhood or the Italian neighborhood, we need to, we need to seek some allies among people who look something like we do. And once we get their allies... It's time out for you and me to stop running away from the wolf right into the arms of the fox, looking for some kind of help. Number two, self-defense. We assert the Afro-Americans' right to self-defense. The Constitution of the United States of America clearly affirms the right of every American citizen to bear arms. And as Americans, we will not give up a single right guaranteed under the Constitution. The history, the history of unpunished violence against our people clearly indicates that we must be prepared to defend ourselves or we will continue to be a defenseless people at the mercy of a ruthless and violent racist mob. Time for an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 8.05 here on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening in conversation, activist, educator, and organizer, and president of the Afro-descendant nation, Dr. Akila Mukaram, also joining us activist, organizer, and chairman of the Guyana Reparations Committee and vice chair of the CARICOM Reparations Commission, Brother Eric Phillips. Any questions or comments that you have, you can dial 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. You know what, uh, uh, Dr. Keeler, before we talk about the memorandum of understanding, or you talk about it in, in, in the order that you would like, I would like you to go over the the uh, the ballot questions because I think that's important, and then we can give out a link where the people can vote. See that that and, and well, you you can stress the importance of that the vote among our people uh, here, so so yeah. we can we can see their will and what they want, what we want as a people, because. Uh, I only know one time in history where that was done, and it wasn't done fully. It was done partially. And I'll share that with the listening audience because we talked about it before in the program. But talk about it in any order that you want, whether you want to talk about the National Pepper Site on reparations, the ballot questions, or whether you want to talk about the memorandum of understanding that that, uh, is uh, being shared by several of the different organizations involved. And several of the popular organizations that we know of presently that are involved in reparations have become a part of uh, the Afro-descendant nation under the Memorandum of Understanding. But talk about it from uh, your perspective and in, in, in any order that you want. Okay, thank you, Brother Elliot. Okay, so I'll just kind of 
shed a little bit more uh, light on the memorandum of understanding, just with a few uh, bullet points. And then I'll move right on to the uh, National Public Site. So uh, with this uh, memorandum of understanding, um, our various uh, or Afro-descendant organizations are coming into an agreement with the Afro-descendant nation and all of us are, we, we have been dedicated as an Afro-descendant nation to achieve justice for us nationally and internationally. So we're advocating for our human rights, self-determination, and reparation. So there are other organizations of our organizations who uh, share this goal as well. So we're looking to uh, form uh, collaboration and partnerships, as I said, with us collaborating and supporting each other's um, efforts and what what they're doing. Um, uh, as an example, right now we're supporting the Afro-Descendant Nation is supporting uh, Cam Howard's Earn the Black Vote uh, effort, and then there are some other organizations as well. We're working with them, and they are also supporting us. We have our National Reparations Convention, our second one that is to occur in Washington, D.C. in May. Uh, that will be May 17th through the 19th of this year, 2024. So uh, we put in some terms and conditions uh, based on our collaborative efforts, our resource sharing, any communication and coordination, and confidentiality. We put those in. We also put in a duration and termination. We put in how any amendments would be held, uh, what our governing law would be, and if we had any disputes uh, with one another, we put in uh, a clause concerning that as well. And, um, you know, it just really uh, helps us to keep our word to one another. I know we can say, okay, uh, yes, uh, I'll support you. But then sometimes we fall short of that glory (laughs) because for one thing, we didn't put it in writing to one another. And uh, so sometimes we just won't keep our word. You know, that's just, that, that just happens. But with this now being in uh, uh, written and signed, uh, written down and signed off on by both parties or all parties involved. So it's like us coming to the table, like these different countries, they come to a table and they sign agreements uh, together. And I just feel that this is like the uh, professional thing to do between us and it uh, helps us to keep our word to one another because you think twice about certain things when you you put your word out there and put it down on paper, correct? Yes. <laughs> All right. So basically that's that's pretty much the gist of our um of our uh memorandum of understanding. Now, and I can send you a copy of it too, so if you want to have a you know, have it for later. Uh, and and I <clears throat> 
and, and Richard, I know that you want to kind of weigh in, but this doesn't take mm-hmm. away because I, I, look, I've seen some of the groups that were there and involved. This doesn't take mm-hmm. away from any of the work that any of the groups are doing. This no, just, it doesn't. This just is this is an, as an, as an, as an organizational banner for us to work under to achieve our ultimate goal of full repair for our people. So, Absolutely. So all of the, the groups that was doing work, uh, you even have some uh, religious groups. Well, I don't want to use the term religious. Cultural groups, whether it's Hebrew, Israelite, uh, 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 Nation of Islam, uh, uh, Christian yes, organizations. Sir. You have uh, cultural yes, groups. I'll use the term religious groups and also reparations groups that have come under this banner to work together to achieve yes, this sir. goal because... It's a legal term that's accepted by the UN. Absolutely. Afro descended is. I just wanted to kind of reiterate that for, for our listening audience yes, to understand. Sir. Because some of our people might get the impression, well, if I join this group, then I, you know, I, I detract from the work I'm doing with uh, another particular group. But it, it's not like that. This is just a vehicle that we're all using to try to get to an ultimate goal. Absolutely. And we're uh, working as partners in what we're doing. So that means uh, we're supporting their organization. Their organization is supporting us. We're sharing our resources with their organization. Their organization is sharing their resources with us. We are all Afro-descendants. We're working on what's best for Afro-descendants, all of us, in terms of uh getting reparations and achieving our self-determination. That's what we're after. So we, we want freedom, justice, and equality. All of us for all of us. Thank you. Uh, Brother Phillips, before, before we get into the, the, maybe the okay. particulars of the ballot question, let me ask Brother Phillips, uh, uh, Brother Phillips, uh, dealing with, because you said that you were from Guyana and and you're part of CARICOM now, so you travel all over. You've been to the continent. Uh, you, you've been all over the Caribbean and South America. Uh, just talk about it from your perspective. Now, here in the U.S., you have uh, several organizations that have been dealing with the issue of reparations and repair for our people. Uh, is it like that in some of the other diaspora countries and even on the continent? Is it like that where you have several different organizations? Is it not even talked about? Or is it basically maybe one organization that's pushing for repair? It's, because I don't think some of our people ever get that international perspective or global perspective. Right. In the U.S., there are over 200 groups involved in reparations. You know, and Cobra, and NARC, and, and Horse Repair, and Afro-Descendant Nation. Um, because issues are local. People have lived experiences that are local that they need addressed. They're national issues. And, of course, they're international issues that we have to deal with as a collective. Um, in the U.K., there are about eight reparations groups that I know of. There may be many more because several universities are also forming alliances with local groups to look into the issue. Some of them view it as an issue dealing with the UK alone. Some of them look at it from a Pan-African point of view. And so depending on their perspectives, they have a different focus. Hmm. But they're all focused on the fundamental issue of reparations, which is justice for all, and ultimately financial repair, 
which would allow us to be competitive and to, to develop. In Holland, there are several groups also. Um, in the Caribbean, we are organized in sovereign states. So in the Caribbean, um, we have a prime ministerial subcommittee in reparations, which is comprised of five heads of states of CARICOM. Under that prime ministerial subcommittee, we have national reparations committees. For example, I chair the one in Guyana, there are Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, Dominica, etc. And at the local level, our reparations committees comprise of African organizations, youth groups, lawyers, land um, advocates, etc. So depending on where you are, there are different approaches, but a common goal is reparations. And as I said, there are different local issues in the States than compared to the UK or Holland. Um, there are different issues in the diaspora as compared in, in sovereign states like in the Caribbean or in, on the continent. But we all are dealing with the same fundamental issue, which is a lack of uh, freedom, self-determination, um, our human rights are being uh, abused as well as our civil rights. And the European nations as well as the West do not want to look at our issue as something that is central to their philosophies because they absolutely don't want to pay reparations. They want to have us as underdogs in an unequal society, an equal global environment. And to the extent that they pay us reparations, we become more competitive, we have more resources, we become more independent, and they simply do not want that because then we will deal with issues about exploitation and trade with African coffee and gold and diamonds and also what's going on in the U.S. in terms of access to uh, basic services and poverty, etc. So depending on where you are, there are different groups working on reparations. There may be a different flavor because of a different local focus, but it's still the same struggle. And until we look at this from an Afro-descendant point of view and combine what's going on in the United States through that MOU, which I think is a great idea, because one of the things we are not dealing with also is self-healing. And to self-heal, we should look at the principles of Kwanzaa, where the first principle is unity, and then there's collective you know, economics. So we have all these frameworks in place to address it, but we don't adopt Kwanzaa principles globally. We don't even adopt them in every place in the States or in the Caribbean or in Africa or in Europe. So we have to come together as with a common identity, with common frameworks or reparations or repository justice, and then self-heal to a common platform of Kwanzaa or any other holistic African commonality that we may have that brings our spirituality together. Thank you. Richard? Yeah, as I was thinking of how to, to generate the question I'm looking at, and and Dr. Killer, I would, you know, uh, as Elliot said, would like you to, two things in, in as I'm framing this, um, really, um, you know, to help us define what a plebiscite is, and then also go into, you know, the actual ballot and why the ballot. I guess that's what it is. Um, and what I've heard so far that I'm, the reason why I'm so excited about this, because as we were talking about the MOU, was the point of it sounds for me, um, you know, and, and, and Brother Eric, you, you, I don't know if you know, <clears throat> at least what I'm expressing, the challenge within us in North America of getting any type of operational unity. Yeah. Um, I hear 
about organizations and I hear about the diversity of organizations, but is there um, of diversity within the American African population of identity? Um, and that's why I felt that the plebiscite and the ballot is so important because what it seems that we would need a mechanism um, for self-determination, a mechanism of governance. And this process seems to be about the, you know, the memorandum of understanding gives us a mechanism of, of, of a governance um, interrelationship. Um, but the challenge I'm, I'm dealing with, and this is why uh, I think it's important to, ex- you know, explain what the plebiscite is and what um, the ballot does is the question about our diversity as even as it relates to reparations, because um, we may have so many groups in America that are pushing for reparations and we see it happening at different levels. But even amongst the 77 percent that believe we're entitled to reparations, we have a different point of view, what that means. And we need to get it under some unifying um, you know, identity, and that's why I can understand Afro descendant as that unifying, but where people we can have that diversity. So, um, Dr. Killer, could you first define what is a plebiscite and how does the, the ballot relate to the plebiscite? Yes, sir. Uh, Brother Richard, so, um, a plebiscite is a, a vote. Uh, so, and looking at it in terms of the plebiscite that we have, it's a vote uh, of our our eligible voters here. Since this is a national plebiscite, uh, that means this is the one for us here in the United States of America. Um, it's for those of us who are eligible to vote, and those being. Uh, Afro-descendants, our Afro-descendant people are voting. Um, and in this plebiscite, uh, we have uh, questions that are relative to us becoming uh, or being uh, accepting our identity as Afro-descendant. And, well, just l- let me go through uh, what's on here uh, as of now. So underneath it says that this national plebiscite, you must be a black person or descendant of enslaved and colonized persons inside the United States of America to partake in this vote. So our um, conductor, Attorney Malik Z. Shabazz, has been working diligently to uh work with people and get their thoughts and ideas on what type of questions this plebiscite, uh, this vote should contain. And so uh, it starts out by you putting in your email here. And then the first question on here is, do you declare your right to receive full and complete reparations? And so that's a yes or no question. And the next question is on uh, under the term self-determination, which is, do you declare your right to self-determination? Do you consent and declare your rights to have complete control over your own affairs as a people and to be 
able to govern yourself. Then it goes into lawful identity where it provides uh, an explanation. Uh, it states here as the explanation, our people in the United States correctly identify with and describe themselves by name, black, African, indigenous, new African, more American descendant of slaves, foundational black American, freedmen, etc. Lawfully, Afro-descendant is the internationally recognized legal and political identification that allows our people as a whole to assert their legal and jurisdictional rights to reparations and self-determination. Specifically, the term Afro-descendant refers to our people, and this is number one, whose ancestors were forcibly dispossessed from their homeland, Africa, and transported to the Americas and throughout the diaspora for the purposes of enslavement. Two, whose ancestors were subjected to crimes against humanity, including but not limited to cattle slavery, mixed breeding, systemic discrimination, land theft, Jim Crow, rape, forced loss of their mother tongue, and lost ties from their original identity, destruction of our culture and religion, and suffered ethnocide and specific forms of ethnic cleansing, genocide. Number three, who currently, as a people, and continue to suffer as a result of above crimes, human rights violations, racial discrimination, economic exploitation, loss of land, systemic racism, poverty and wealth disparity, deprivation of education, police brutality, injustice in U.S. courts, political prisoners, cultural destruction, and continue to suffer the peril of other innumerable and insufferable abuses. The legal term Afro-descendant has been formally recognized by the United Nations and the leading international courts and human rights authorities, including 19 countries at the United Nations Conference for the Rights of Minorities in La Ciba, Honduras in 2002, for the purposes lawfully pursuing our claim under the proper jurisdiction. The representation of the lawful identity Afro-descendant shall not void nor usurp any other cultural, political, racial, organizational, or religious name or label you currently identify by. So ballot question number three, do you consent to lawfully self-identify as an Afro-descendant in the United States? Ballot question number four. And, and those which are, of and the four? Those are all yes or no. Yeah, those are yes or no, yes. Okay, go ahead. Those ones, okay. Now, ballot question number four under self-determination options, these are different uh they, they are not a yes or no. They are prioritizing, so you're ranking these in order of priority. So it reads, which of the four options 
would you prioritize to be pursued as a form of self-determination? And it says, please rank in order of priority. So there are four of them. So you rank as priority one, two, three, or four. So the first one is to remain a U.S. citizen. So what's your rank on that one? Uh, return to Africa under your birthright. Uh, immigration to another country. And the fourth option is the creation of an independent nation on U.S. soil and becoming a sovereign nation that we can call our own. Uh, that's the fourth option. There has been some discussion about putting one other option here, a fifth option, and that option is for those of us who want to go to another land outside of America uh, to create our sovereign nation or to set the Afro-descendant nation down on our government of the Afro-descendants. Um, the next uh, section is on minority status, and this will be ballot question number five. It states, do you agree to no longer be declared under the status of a minority in the United States? And do you consent to the status of indigenous with all rights and privileges conferred? So this one has an option of yes, no, and the third option is unsure. I need more information. So either one of those can be uh, checked off there. Then there's a commitment section where the question is, number six, do you agree to support your vote in this plebiscite by supporting legitimate organizational efforts to achieve full and complete reparation and self-determination, including enacting economic sanctions and other necessary political actions? So that's a yes or no question. Under the solidarity question, which is valid question number seven, uh, do you agree to the principle of solidarity with other blacks, Afro-descendants, who have suffered the above detailed crimes against humanity? And then you would uh, provide your consent to receive support from and agree to offer support to Afro-descendant organizations and other reparations organizations in the Western Hemisphere and around the world. And this one, to me, uh, is reflective of our MOU, uh, and that's a yes or no question. And then it asks you to put your first and last name uh, in here. You know, <clears throat> the reason why this, for me, is so powerful, and, and, I, and I sent it around to a couple people to get um, a, a view of what they thought of the questions. And I, and I didn't get any um, negative response. Matter of fact, um, one or two even actually sent it in. But the reason why I felt this is so powerful as far as for us here in North America, one, that it, and, I, and I'm saying this as a point of clarity to the Time for Awakening audience, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. This is not what you think about black people and what black people think. This is asking you what you think, what you believe, and do you agree? <laughs> And I think that that's so important for us to, you know, individually take this ballot and make that 
statement in relationship to our position in relationship to self-determination, um, to the point of reparations, and to the point of do we believe in governance? And that question about, you know, because it, it's so much about um, whether we are want to be American or or want to leave or whatever, you know. So I, it's just seen that um, in putting these seven questions, uh, as simple as they seem, um, it will drive us to be very honest about how we see ourselves as displaced Africans, displaced people, based off of this, disru- this disruption that has occurred as individuals. Um, so I want to honor all of you who have been involved with that, because as I went through this, I just said, this is what we need, not only nationally, but locally for people, for black people who have been, to, who have been harmed to really speak to what their position is. Not take a poll, but speak to from this vantage point in relationship to governance. And are we committed to work with each other based off of that objective? Um, I don't know if that made sense. And I don't know if that is the intent. Yeah. Of the ballot. That made sense. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that made perfect sense. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Dr. Keeler, the, the ballot questions, um, now I do have, because I'm, I'm going to, uh, the, the text number, because people can text uh, their responses or get a ballot by text. Uh, do you do you know whether they can get the ballot? Yes, sir. But they can get the ballot by text. Yes, sir. They can they can get the ballot by text as okay. well. And that's uh, that number is eight seven seven five zero six twenty one eighty four. That's again that's eight seven seven five zero six twenty one eighty four to get this ballot in your hands as a quote unquote black American. Get the ballot in your hands and vote the way you see yourself. The way you those questions are plain; they're not trick questions. They're yes or no questions. All of them. The only one that wasn't a yes or no was the one that was that had the priorities, and you could rank the priorities one, two, three. Again, I, and if you don't mind me reading those again, uh, just stating that number four question, Doctor Keeler. Do you you don't mind me doing that? Oh, no, sir. Okay, the, that, that number four, for example, uh, it says, which mm-hmm. of the four options would you prioritize to be pursued as a form of self-determination? And it has remain American citizen, priority one, two, three, or four. You put it there. That, that, that would be your vote, how you see it personally. Return to Africa under your birthright. Put the priority there. Immigration to another country. You can put the priority right there, your vote, and creation of an independent nation on U.S. soil and becoming a sovereign nation that we can call our own. The priorities is there. Dr. Kugler said that they were thinking about, uh, I guess, uh, being in communication with the other uh, groups that are, uh, that are involved to add a fifth option. But all of these things are yes or no votes, and we'll be able to uh, uh what you're saying is you'll be able to get a pulse on what the will of quote unquote African Americans is in this country, what they want to do in regards to reparations. Absolutely. 
Yes, sir. We will be able to get a pulse of what our people want. So their voices will be heard through this plebiscite. You know, I have to make another comment because um, we've seen, or I've, I've seen, and we, for those of us who looked into our history, and I hope all of us continue to do, and those in, in North America in particular, and Brother Eric, um, you have said in the Caribbean, y'all, um, the question of even in dealing with the African identity, that has not been a challenge. And definitely the naming nomenclature has not been a major challenge as it has been. And all the polls, and this been, I think has been polls done in the 50s by black newspapers, and I think even in the 20s, it was a couple of polls, but it was more in how do we de- identify in an, you know, as uh, our identity, you know, naming, you know, do you identify as Negro or African American or colored? You know, that's and that was done by the newspaper. The distinction I see this again is that this is asking us how do we see how do we see us as a political individual and as a political people, not how we see ourselves as we identify um personally, culturally, but how do we see ourselves as a political people towards the direction of self-governance? So it ain't that this organization sees themselves as that and want to do that. This organization, the, this poll, which requires a lot of organization and support, you know, from whoever gets it to be able to pass it to their family members and whatever to take the, to take the ballot and answer it for themselves so it can be um, presented so that we can see, and I, I say see. You see, you hear me say we like I'm I'm there, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, yes, sir. I love it. This is how much Keep I'm, saying it because it's so important. Because we cannot continue to be spinning around, getting dizzy each generation, and then coming up with new names of identifiers, and it wind up not being any more materially or quality of life better as we move towards the future, whatever that, whatever anybody defines that future. I apologize for going off on that, but this, <laughs> this ballot just reinforces that, you know, to me. Uh how, how are we time-wise? Uh, Brother Phillips, can you stay for a few more minutes? And, and Dr. Keeler? Yes, certainly, because um, I applaud the thought leadership behind this plebiscite. Uh, it forces people to think about identity, about community, about their own sovereignty, about their own agency, about how they want to be governed, and how to align ourselves globally, because we we're not just in the United States. Um, I mean, as much as the plebiscite is about in the Americas, the questions ask you, do you want to move to another country? Um, do you want, how do you want to live your life? And central to all of this is the issue of reparations because some of the options will necessitate repartory justice in terms of financial support. So there's an alignment here, and it first begins with this plebiscite, which allows people to think to become more aware, to think, um, and to, to start educating themselves more because the next step is going to have to be mobilization. So I, I applaud the South leadership. I applaud the strategic thinking, and uh, I fully support the plebiscite. And I, I did participate in it. 
We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. If you have a question or comment, you can dial 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back. Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at time for an awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency and business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. The Digital Plantation, abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumitv.com, abibitumi.store are here for you. You are ready to be free of non-African social media. Don't run from danger, run to safety. abibitumi.com is here for you. You are ready to be free of digital plantations to control your own products. abibitumi.store is here for you. A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Black Power, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I. The only word you need to know to join your global commit to you black family, to join your interconnected commit to you black communities, escape the digital plantation now. Abibitumi.com, abibitumi.tv, abibitumitv.com, abibitumi.store. We are here for you. Escape the digital plantation. A new era, a new phase of the struggle where we have moved from a struggle for decency, which characterized our struggle for 10 or 12 years, to a struggle for genuine equality. And this is where we are getting the resistance because there was never any intention uh, to go this far. People were reacting to Bull Connor and to Jim Clark rather than acting in good faith for the realization of genuine equality. Do you think white people in this country, and I'm talking about non-segregationists, people devoid or thinking they're devoid of racism, 
Do you have any idea of what they want the Negro to be in America? I think the vast majority of white Americans uh, will go but so far. It's a kind of installment plan for equality. And uh, they are always looking for an excuse uh, to go but so far. And know that this problem needs to be solved and we can't keep relegating it to generation after generation because a few of us got a little money, a few of us got positions, a few of us have wealth while the masses of our people are going steadily down. No one man can rise above the condition of his people. The brother said responsibility. Is it, is it that we should let them take responsibility to do for us, or should we pool the knowledge that's at the table, the power that's in our community, the wealth that's in our community to change the harsh reality of black life in America? We have to do the job of fulfilling the black agenda. Whites are expert game players in their contests to maintain absolute power. One of their time-honored gimmicks is to point to individual blacks who have achieved recognition. But look at Raft Bunch. Think about Lena Horne or Mary Anderson. Look at Jackie Robinson. They made it as one of those who has made it. I would like to be thought of as an inspiration to our young but I don't want them lied to. Name them for me. The examples of blacks who made it. For virtually everyone you name, I can give you a sordid piece of factual information on how they have been mistreated, humiliated. Not being able to fight back is a form of severe punishment. I come here tonight and plead with you. Believe in yourself and believe that you're somebody. As I said to the group last night, nobody else can do this for us. No document can do this for us. No Lincolnian Emancipation Proclamation can do this for us. No Kennesonian or Johnsonian Civil Rights Bill can do this for us. If the Negro is to be free, he must move down into the inner resources of his own soul and sign with a pen and ink of self-asserted manhood his own emancipation proclamation. Don't let anybody... Take your manhood. Time for an Awakening is a proud part of the Black Talk Radio Network, the number one independent black digital and podcasting platform. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. It's 846 on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening in con <coughs> excuse me, in conversation educator, activist, and organizer, and president of the Afro-Descendant Nation, Dr. Akila Mukaram, also activist, organizer, and chairman of the Guyana Reparations Committee and vice chair of the CARICOM Reparations Commission. 
Brother Eric Phillips. Any questions or comments, you can join us by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. You know what? Let me clear something up, too, while I I made a mistake earlier. When I gave out the the number, uh, you first have to text reparations and then text the number 877-506-2184. Again, that's... Uh, the keyword is reparations, 877-506-2184. Uh, Dr. Keela, um, before we uh, start okay. wi- winding the conversation down, the um, it was a gathering in uh, Atlanta, I think it was, a little over a month ago, or maybe two months ago. Uh, no. No, uh, excuse me, October 7th and 8th. Oh, okay. And then the, it's headed towards May, uh, and you said in Washington. Yes, sir. The May 17th through the 19th. The, 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 now, um, I've seen some of the um, the uh, software that's going to be used to tabulate a lot of the votes coming from the different areas in the country. In fact, uh, uh, one of the presenters was showing uh, some of the tabulations coming in uh, and the number of votes that have been uh, ballots that have been cast so far. Um, I, I guess that puts the onus on black people, just like uh, 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 Dr. King said in that clip and Minister Farrakhan said in that clip that we have to do, this is us, we have to do this. Absolutely. So um, hopefully we can get the churches involved the temples and Hebrew, uh, uh, the, the, the mosque and the Hebrew temples involved, uh, 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 legacy organizations that represent black folks. And I'm talking about, uh, I'm not talking about the reparations organizations. They, they're, they're automatically going to be distributing the ballot. But uh, 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 social orders, everybody need to get the ballot into the hands of black f- people. And and tell me something, uh, uh, Dr. Keeler. Is it just voting age, like 18 and over? Or, uh, tell you explain it to me. Or explain it to the listening audience. Uh, yes, sir. We would do uh, voting age uh, because parents would vote on behalf of their children. You know, we want them to be of legal age to be able to vote. Okay. So, the, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, you know. Just like with any other vote. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's up to us now to start distributing this. And uh, did did you did the, does the group does the coalition have a target in mind as far as getting certain numbers in by certain times, or uh, uh, how is that going to work? If you want to share, oh sure. Uh, well, we would like to get uh, well as the conductor says, we would like to get a million votes. Uh, I would like to get more than a million. <laughs> it's about approximately. Uh, you know, over 40 million of us here in the United States. So it would be great if we could get half of those or more. So if we could get everyone on board, like you said, getting it into um, everyone's hands, you know, into our various uh, temples, churches, um, our different uh places where we go to even shop, <laughs> you know, all of those places, it would be great. Uh, but we do need 
Uh, we need help in, in getting that, uh, that out. We had our National Reparations uh, Convention Collaborative yesterday where uh, that was mentioned that we need to have different uh, places set up uh, to be able to uh, have this out and present this vote so that people can become aware. We need to educate our people on it. And I'm going to thank you again, uh, you and Richard, for having us on uh, tonight, myself and Brother Eric. Um, So all of this helps in getting the word out. And uh, we would like for people to come to our National Reparations uh, Convention Collaborative and, you know, so that we can start organizing and making sure that we're hitting all of our various uh, cities uh, within these different states to make sure that our people, our people's voices are heard through our club site. I know it can be done. It needs to just catch on like wildfire, right? It will. If, if my energy can go out, it's, it's 4 million. I mean, we're talking about 50, and then we only got 40. So, <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. We can get this done. We, we uh, Again, it takes a lot of uh, strategic planning. Um, you know, you plan what you're going to do and you take action and you keep keep moving <laughs> you never stop and yeah. we'll, we'll get there I just but like, uh, I, as I said the conductor has uh, said a thousand excuse me a million he's looking for a million I'm looking for more because I think it's going to be more once everything catches on and people are educated and they're aware of what's going on because you know, it, it, there's always something where, you know, people don't, they, they try to uh, silence us. But uh, as long as we keep it out there and we're persistent and consistent in, what, in our efforts, we'll, we'll make this happen. You know, um, remember, and, and, and I want to, oh, yeah, can you hear me? I'm sorry. I was going to, oh, yes, sir, I'm, I was, sorry. I, I'm sorry. I was going to say, remember, we have power in our name, our identity. Afro descendant. That's where our power lies. You know, one of the uh, things, Richard, uh, that, uh, and uh, I don't guess she minds me dropping her name, Attorney Deirdre Farmer Paleman asked an uh, excellent question in the teach in. And she's an international attorney, been working on these things internationally for quite a while. And her work uh, deal, dealing with the Benin Bronze and all speak for themselves. But she even agreed about that, that legal term because she, I mean, she sees it all the time, but she asked a good question when she said, would this be parlayed into some type of political party? But see, you know, and I agree with the answer that was given to her that with the signatures and the, and the people on board, it can do a lot of things here that can put pressure on this government because the people will be unified under a banner of action I mean, that, that's what's really uh, uh, getting me excited, Richard, because, l- listen, we, we talk to people all the time. We've had shows dealing with reparations, and people call up with the different point of views. Uh, I'm an American. I don't want to go anywhere. This is my land. 
Well, those things are in the ballot. If that's the way you feel, mark it down. Uh, some folks want to go elsewhere. They want to repatriate. They would like to leave here. That's in the ballot. With, with the brothers and sisters in the organizations that have formed and a lot of the, the, the organizations that we realize are involved in this. Uh, Dr. Keeler read some of the names off in the beginning and there's others involved that she didn't read. But all of those concerns are addressed there in the ballot. What the, what the, the uh, brothers and sisters are trying to do is get a consensus opinion of the feelings of black folks living here in the United States and what they want to do. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of speaking for you, Dr. Keeler and, and, and Brother Eric, but the, I, that's what I got from uh, from what I was exposed to. Totally agree. Absolutely. I'm in agreement. Thank you. Um, let me, and I just want to share this with the listening audience. We, we talked about it before, Richard. Um, the only other time that I know that we had a consensus opinion and not for, not for all black people, but for, for a large segment of people is when, uh, right after that civil war and that uh, general Sherman went and met with several of our ancestors representatives, I think it was 60 of them, if I'm not mistaken, Richard. <clears throat> yep, <clears throat> sixty of our ancestors that re- that represented uh, uh, hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, and they met with them in Savannah in, on January of 1865 to find out what our people wanted because our people turned the tide of that civil war and wanted for the union. And let me read the, uh, a couple of the questions and then their answers. One of the questions that was asked by this general state, what understanding uh, by slavery and the freedom that was given uh, by the president's proclamation? The answer, uh, slavery is uh, receiving by an irresistible power the work of another man and not by his consent. The freedom, as I understand it, promised by the proclamation is taking us from under the yoke of bondage and placing us where we could reap the fruit of our own labor take care of ourselves and assist the government in maintaining our freedom. Question state what manner you think you can take care of yourself and how uh, you can best assist the government in maintaining your freedom. The answer the way we can best take take care of ourselves is to have our own land and to turn it and till it by our own labor. That is by the labor of our men our women and our children and old men. And we can soon maintain ourselves and have something to spare and to assist the government, the young men, uh, the young men to assist the government in our protection. We want to be placed on land until we're able to buy it and make it our own question. State what manner you would rather live, whether scattered among whites or in colonies by yourselves. Answer. I would prefer to live by ourselves, for there is a prejudice against us uh, in the South that will take years to get over. But I do not know that I can answer for my brothers, all the other persons present, being questioned one by one, answered uh, that they agree with Brother Frazier. 
So you had a consensus opinion among black folks then. I don't know of no other time where this government, although we can see that our ancestors double-crossed there, but I don't know no other time when they wanted to get a consensus opinion of black people what we wanted. Well, now we can do this ourselves. We can demand, uh, get these uh, signatures, and then go to these uh, 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 bodies with a demand, just the way Brother Phillips was talking about earlier. Let me let me go to a couple of these callers. Let's go to Boston. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Yeah, it's, it's Brother Sadiki. How you doing, sir? Great. Yep. Yo, what I was calling for is uh, listening as usual, and um, well, you know, I'm, trying, I'm the convener of the Nubian Leadership Circle. I know you're aware of that because I've been on your show before. But what I want to uh, come on, you know, I've been checking. Uh, what's being talked about in terms of reparations, just want to let you and your guests and your listening audience know that uh, in terms of the Nubian Leadership Circle, well, of course, uh, we've done, uh, you know, nine national black leadership summits in, in the last little over three years. And, you know, we, and so we're getting ready to do uh, number 10 on February 17th. And so uh, our theme is... Uh, Black preparation for our reparations, and we've confirmed uh, Brother Cam Howard to do the closing remarks. So I just wanted to put it out there uh, for folks to understand that, you know, we at the Nubian Leadership Circle, our whole piece is about, because uh, when I hear about coalitions, what have you, about we consider ourselves to be uh, a neutral body that welcomes folks in that uh, kind of look at what we do is a standard bearer in terms of folks who come together and not feeling like, you know, well, we at the Nubian Leadership Circle things you should do. We just bring folks together. So I just wanted to put that out there so that folks understand the fact that we're going to be, it's going to be Zoom, of course, but uh, we just wanted to make it very clear that, uh, you know, we have eight cadres and one of them is economic development. And, you know, we're open to participate in any way we can to support this campaign that's going on. So Great. I just want to put it. Great. I, I, I knew that, uh, that you'd be more than willing to help, uh, Brother Sadiq, because I know your work and what you've been involved in. Uh, uh, I'll make sure that you get the contacts uh, for Dr. Keela, uh, 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 Brother Phillips, and some of the others. In fact, uh, Cam Howard is involved with them, so I'm quite sure that he'll probably bring ballots or share the ballots with uh, the group when he addresses them. Uh, Dr. Keela, did, uh, did you, uh, and Brother Eric, do you want to uh, go ahead? I'll, I'll let you talk. Uh, yes, sir. So, uh, thank you, uh, brothers. I think it's there, Sadiq. Sadiqi. Sadiqi. Thank you, brother Sadiqi. Uh, yes, we would love to, uh, uh, get your information and, uh, provide support as well. And we would love your support. So I'm looking forward to, uh, getting your information. And, uh, as brother Elliot said, he will, also send you uh, our information as well. So uh, you said February 15th, and what time is that? Even? Uh, it's uh, February 17th begins. It's, like I said, it's Zoom. It's a, uh, it begins at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time with the greetings or what have you. Then what happens is that, like I said, we have different cadres, like economic development, land and food and what have you, and 
they break break out go out to their breakout sessions and we come back for the plenary session and then we have the uh the closing remarks which would be uh, cam how this uh, this go around so that's the basic format that we have and okay. you, our website is uh nubian leadership circle it's all one word nubian leadership org, and uh we're gonna have our flyer will be coming out um uh in the next day or two now we've confirmed uh cam howard and what have you and of course all, all the information i get i get the brother elliot anyhow so we can connect for sure okay all right that sounds great thank you so much and we appreciate your support hey type of support we want to give brother eric thank you yes i just like to congratulate brother siddiqui on his 10th summit um, it shows continuity and commitment and also want to remind us um, collectively that leadership is a team sport. Oftentimes we get competitive. Um, as Afro-descendant people, we need to figure out how we do it in a community manner. And that means that we have leaders in different dimensions that come together holistically to make sure we succeed. It, it is a team event. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting, brother, because of the fact that you kind of put in the words what our mission is because of the fact that essentially what it is is that we when we pull together um, the basic infrastructure for the Nubian Leadership Circle, uh, sat down with about 30 folks who are leadership from across the country in Washington, D.C., put out the mission statement and went through it word by word and reached an agreement. And so, uh, you know, Elliot, we don't know, in terms of, you know, we got the nation of Islam. We got folks involved from across the country. Uh, Haiti, London, uh, uh, Paris. So, um, what you just stated, brothers, what our mission is, is that we don't go out there, because, you know, we don't go out there and say, okay, everybody, this is what we do, and we want you to line up with us. Our whole thing is about bringing folks together who are doing things of a positive nature, like what's being put out here this evening, and say, okay, how can uh, the groupings collectively, you know, basically set aside the eagles, maintain the sovereignty, but what can we do together? So we're, we're with you. <laughs> brother Siddiqui, thanks for your work and thanks for your call. Appreciate the time, brother. Peace. Let's go to caller. Philadelphia, caller. Yes. Hello? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yes, I, I didn't. Well, um, well, peace and blessings. I, I just uh, agree with um, uh, ballot number four. I like that because um, I, I, I believe that separation is our reparations. I, I, I recall Minister Farrakhan saying that um, he doesn't feel that the white man will give us that monetary reparations. But even if he did, we so um, miseducated as far as what to do with, with money. You know, most of us would waste it on their economy, get, you know, uh, celebrating their holidays, liquor, drugs, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I agree with ballot number four because, uh, like Elijah Muhammad was saying, we need, we need, a, uh, we want a separate territory of our own, either here or abroad. And, and, and the, the government of the United States is obligated to get, to give us that. Um, and he said that um, they should supply us 20 to 25 years for 20, 25 years of, of raw material, things that we need in order to do for ourselves until until we can 
uh, supply our own needs. But the the thing about uh, separation, just like the Amish people, the Amish people, they live separately here in America, and they're not even being oppressed, and they doing it. It's, nobody's complaining or, or 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 they don't they didn't have to beg to get it like like we do. Um, but the thing the thing is also with um, reparations. I mean separation. The reason why that's so important is because we was robbed of our name, our culture, our religion, our God. So we have to re-educate ourselves on how to love each other again and and how to do for ourselves. So that's that's um, why that is so important for us to get separated from from our enemy. I mean, their nature was was made to. Uh, you, you, well, I'll put it this way: they they were um, made our they are made our enemies. So you 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 don't expect an alligator to kiss you; you expect an alligator to bite you. You know, so so that's why um, integration has never gave black people since we were brought here in 1555 freedom, justice, and equality. We cannot live in peace with white folks. They got us hating one another. We can't even get, get peace with ourselves. So I agree with ballot number four, separation of separate territory here or abroad. The, 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 um, the, uh, to end the ancient Egypt, the pharaoh's Egypt, that, that is a, a prophecy. That never happened. It, it, that's happening now. That's us. The, the, the government is, is the pharaoh of, of Egypt, and we are the, the Israelites, and they're going to have to let us go. They're going to be forced to give us a separate land of Rome. You check this weather out. He used calamities. I agree with you, but we got to be organized. So that, that's that's what they're talking about, the process of organizing. Oh, I, I agree with them, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, fill it out and everything. I'm just glad that somebody's, you know, doing, doing trying to do something. So, Thank you for your, yeah. con- thank I, you, thank you for your contribution, brother. I thank you. Thank, I thank you all. All right. Peace. Peace. Let's go to Albuquerque. Can you, can you hear me? Let's put them back on hold. Let's go to Philadelphia. Yeah, good evening, Brother Elliot. Good evening, Brother Richard. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Keller, and how you doing? Peace and blessings, Brother Eric. How everybody doing tonight? Great. Uh, praise be. Yeah, I just want to. I mean, I, I agree with what the previous caller. I agree with many of what the previous caller said. I'm gonna definitely, you know, fill out the ballot, and I agree with the ballot for as well. Separation and stuff. That's definitely key to our people's moving forward. Separation, because you know, history and this life experience have showed us that we cannot live in peace with these people. We've tried to do it. We've tried to be their friends, their brothers, their sisters, and we have got in return. Some of the worst treatment, you know what I mean? I mean, church bombings, lynchings, murder at the hands of police, you know, white mob attacks, you know what I mean? Just, just on and on. I mean, you know, it's just been proved. I think it's foolhardy to think that we're going to ever be able to live in peace and harmony among white people. Just this, this unreal, unrealistic, like the previous caller said, it's unrealistic. So we have to have 
lands for of our own, either here or elsewhere, whether it's in the diaspora, which is fine, or here. Whatever people, we have to have a separate land from Caucasian people because that's not going to work. And for those black people that feel as though they're Americans and they want, you know, be a stay among them, they're, they're colonial slave master and continue to endure this kind of brutal treatment, that's, that's, they, they can do that. I mean, like the Honorable Black Hummus said, we ain't trying to force you to go. If you want to stay under him and continue to get that, that that butt whip and that mistreatment, then go at it. You know what I mean? I don't want nobody to go nowhere where they don't want to go. You know, like as Marcus Garvey said, you know, you ain't no good here. You ain't going to be no good out anywhere. So, I mean, that's the way I look at it. You know what I mean? So, for those black people, men and women, that call themselves Americans and they think that, that they have an obligation to stay here for whatever the reason way, if they got some thinking about because they think their ancestors died for this country, that's their way of thinking, fine, but they can stay. But for those that want to go at it and make a life for ourselves elsewhere, hey, let's do it. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely down with that. And to, and to Dr. Kell, I just wanted to ask you, do you have any way, do you have a contact name or or website where you where you get the uh, Brother Silas's uh, Bahamut, and I'm saying I think Brother Stafford's hard work with reparations and everything, uh, I can help subscribe to the uh, Muhammad Speaks newspaper. Uh, yes, sir, brother. Um, and uh, while well, I salam to you, <laughs> my mic wasn't on when you greeted me at first. Yes, no problem. Um, so if you, uh, you can go to info. Or, or email info at afrodescendant.org. Info. Let me, let me, let me, let me grab this pen again, sister. Uh, Dr. Kelly, okay. let me grab a pen. It's always it's so funny. These pens, right? Any other time when you're trying to write something important, mm-hmm. they don't write, but either someone when they junk something that's not important, somebody calling about a bill or something like that, they write all over, all mm-hmm. over the place. But when them, you know, I, I, I got a, I got a, I got a better pen now. Uh, uh, I got okay. a better pen now. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can, again, you can go to info, I-N-F-O, mm-hmm. at afrodescendant.org. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, just email um, Dr. Tahita there, and uh, she'll provide the information that you need to okay. uh, get you in touch with them. Uh, Muhammad speaks. Thank you so much, Dr. Kelly. And again, I thank you and, and, and Brother Eric for your information and, and stuff because this, this is important because this is serious. I mean, we see clearly, you know, we see we got to see, and I'll close with this, you know, Dr. Kelly and, and Brother Eric, you know, see our people in a quandary right now because you got, uh, you know, you got so-called black elected officials want to continue to tell our people to the Democrat Party or the Republican Party when, when it's clearly neither one of them have our best interests at heart. You know what I mean? See, see, in order, and, and see, we have right-thinking black leadership in this country besides Silas Muhammad, the Honorable Silas Muhammad, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You got too many about Negro leadership. Keep ties to these political parties, and, and yet, and you can expect between now and November, it's going to be a continually beat down on black people. Oh my God! If, if y'all Negroes gonna get out there and vote and stuff for Biden, we're gonna get Trump back in there. You know what I mean? As if, as if Donald Trump is the only devil that's ever did anything to our people and stuff. I mean, he's no good. Don't get me wrong. But you know this this notion that we that we that we don't vote for Biden and Trump get back in there that, that's the end of black people. I've heard some 
silly Negroes and the rest of the radio say things like, if Trump get back in there, he's going to put black people in slavery. I mean, all this kind of silliness going on. We, without, without black leadership, have us focus on just what you and Brother Eric doing and, and Honorable Silas Muhammad and others doing, trying to get reparations for our people so we can move our people forward. See, that's where the thinking needs to come, and that's why we have to continue to galvanize our people and, and move, move us in that direction instead of this, this nonsense about some Republican, Democrat, like Brother Malcolm said 50-something years ago, ain't neither one of them no damn good. I mean, that's just tell the, just tell the truth and shame the devil, you know what I mean? So stop all this nonsense, you know. But anyway, Brother Elliot, thank you for, for uh, you know, for, for having, you know, Dr. Keller on and, and, and Brother uh, Eric on and I'm enjoying the conversation. Brother Elliot, put me on mute and I'll listen to the remainder of the show. Uh, make make sure you share that ballot too. When, oh, I, most get. definitely. But you can count on that, brother. Trust me, inshallah, that will happen. All right. Thanks, brother. Alec. Peace. Mm-hmm. Let's go to New York City. New York. Good evening. Grace and peace to you, brothers. Yes, sir. Sisters. This is Brother Maurice from the TV show Black Men Screaming. Um, one, I want to congratulate the sister and the, and and the brother on the work that they're doing. One thing I haven't, I didn't hear them mention, and I just want people to understand it's important. Um, we need to be involved in supporting that work. That that work that they're doing, the the the, the, the produce that document and to get it, make it available online, and all these different things cost money. I haven't heard them mention anything about where, if anybody wanted to be supportive of this particular endeavor. You know, and that's how humble they are with the work that they're doing. No one has said anything about the economics that goes along with trying to um, push this narrative forward. And let me tell people, I think this this is, is really important and we do need to be supporting it. Because when we're talking about not just addressing this on a local level, but on an international level, and we have these uh, criminals trying to tell the victim what the what the punishment should be, when you have people running around and talking about, like, for example, the Dutch talking about, oh, yeah, well, we, we have to have reparations not only for the African, but all of a sudden now you hear them talking about the Asians that they got involved in that. Or when you look at all these different shows on TV where people are talking about now where, you know, if you got a drop of blood, uh, of African blood in you, then, you know, you're entitled to reparations. This whole narrative now that all of these people are trying to get in the bandwagon and this movement is going forward. We need to have a focus movement. So I love the idea that you talked about a name that we could all uh, identify with and get underneath. And then, as, as, uh, and Brother Richard knows, we, me and him had a conversation about this whole push now to have a universal, universal basic income as part of reparations and stuff. And so, I, again, I think there needs to be a national focus um, out there and y'all are doing the work. But, you know, just don't tell us about the, 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 that part, but help us to understand how we can support. Not just the physical, fill out the application, but there's the economic aspect of it. And there's nothing wrong with asking because y'all are doing the work. Uh, Brother Phillips, Sister Gila. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is sir. so right. He's so right. <laughs> Absolutely. I just want yeah, to comment on one of the things he said. We seem to have everyone jumping on the bandwagon now. We hear indentureship is a second slavery. What an insult. Um, I'm wondering if those who make that statement would say to the Jews that indentureship was their Holocaust. So we have a lot of people now trying to crash in and be a Trojan horse 
in what we're doing. And so we need to have a clear identity. We're Afro-descendant, <laughs> and slavery was the greatest crime against humanity, and a contract or immigration policy like like indentureship can never, 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 never be a second slavery. It's an insult to us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, again, um, please let us know where we can uh, support. If it's five or ten dollars or twenty dollars or whatever a person might have, even if it's a mite, you know, it's, I'm sure it'll be recognized. Yes, Okay, so, uh, Brother Maurice, thank you so much, uh, and I appreciate you bringing that up. You are absolutely correct. <laughs> we, there is a financial component, um, and if you go to afrodescendant.org, there is uh, a pay, PayPal um, there where you can uh, donate. Uh, we also have a GoFundMe as well. Uh, you can uh, search us up when you go to GoFundMe, search up the organization and uh, donate that way as well. So thank you so much. I appreciate you looking out for us. <laughs> well, I just want to mention, you're welcome, sister. I just want to mention one other thing. I mean, for all those people that want to kind of get the full flavor of uh, the work that y'all are doing, the National Plebiscite Teaching is online. It's on YouTube. So the, yes, uh, that full meeting is on there. I had a, the pleasure of um, uh, uh, Brother brother Elliot uh, shared it with me, and I had the pleasure of not uh, I, I didn't w watch the whole thing. It is four hours. But I had the chance yeah. to sit through parts of it, and I found out how much I didn't know or didn't understand. And let me just say this to you why, again, I think the work that you're doing is so important. Because of a conversation I had with a group last night, um, and, and it, it, it amazed me. And this person was talking about um, a particular show where they go and they search your... I'm not Because I don't want to endorse his show because I don't like him. <laughs> but... He, he goes back and he researches uh, people's uh, lineage. And one person was saying in, in this group conversation about reparations is that, you know, we all got some, you know, what in us. And so, uh, you know, I was like, hold on a second now. We need to slow down with this. So now what you're telling me that everybody, um, we're all so mixed together, it really doesn't matter. I said, what is that argument that you're talking about? And, and specifically, when I'm talking to younger people with it, when I'm hearing some young people talking about, you know, affirmative action doesn't really matter. And so I asked them the question, how does affirmative action not matter if reparations matter? You know, I don't understand how you, do, you get from one step to the next. Now, you don't, you don't have to believe in affirmative action, but some type of injury was suffered by black people on a worldwide um, level. And to say that 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 um, is just supposed to be like the Dutch say, oh, we're going to put two hundred and and seventy million into educational programs and all of this stuff like that, and not doing anything about what's happened to individuals doesn't make any sense to me. So again, I'm not going to stay there long. I'm sorry that I talked this long. I just want to again commend you on the work that you're doing. I'm, and and um, I'm probably going to take some of the segments that y'all uh, off the off the um, YouTube and air them on my program so people can get a better understanding of what the work that y'all are doing. 
So, again, I want to thank you, and I'm getting off the phone. I'm sorry, Ellie, I talked this long. <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you. Thanks for your doing contribution. That as well, and you, you may use the segment. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your contribution, brother. Before we leave tonight, uh, the floor is yours, Dr. Keeler. The floor is yours, Brother Eric. Uh, tell the folks how they can get involved. How they can, and now listen, when I put the, 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 this episode of a podcast, I'm going to put all those links in there where they could download the ballot, uh, where they could go to the website. Uh, if you send me some of the links for the, uh, the, the monetary donations, I'll put, I'll include all of that with the, uh, the links for the podcast. But before we leave tonight, just, you know, reiterate some of the things that you were talking about this evening, how the people can get involved, how they can get their hands on the ballot and vote. Uh, anything you want to share, both you and brother Eric. Dr. Keon, you want to go first? Okay, thank you, Brother Eric. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, again, thank you so much for having uh, Brother Eric and me on your show uh, today. We really appreciate this, be, being able to um, share our information, share what we're doing, because uh, if we don't get out there and make people aware of it, they will have no idea what's going on. So thank you for helping us uh, spread the word and spread awareness uh, to it. Uh, My whole thing, again, is to uh, share that we are Afro-descendant people. It is our great unifier that connects us to all of our people in the slavery diaspora. All of us are Afro-descendants. The United Nations has uh, accepted that term, and they call us Afro-descendants. So it's time for us here in America to use it as our brothers and sisters are using it internationally (laughs) as well. And all of us will be connected together. It's the glue that binds us. Uh, if you would like to support us, uh, the Afro-Descendant Nation, uh, we, you can go to our website at afrodescendant.org. Um, there's a PayPal there that you can send in your donation. You can also um, look us up on the GoFundMe. We have a GoFundMe account uh, as well. Uh, Brother Elliot, I will send you uh, the links to, or have Dr. Tahita send those links to you uh, of how to uh, get that out. And thank you so much for putting it up for us. We really appreciate it. And, and the ballot uh, also? And we look forward. And the ballot? Yes, sir. And, and the ballot as well. Okay. And, and as I was about to say, I look forward to everyone uh, completing the ballot Please vote. Let your voices be heard. Uh, this is for us, Afro-descendants, by us, Afro-descendants. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Brother Eric, for being on with me tonight. Thank you, Dr. Keela. My brothers and sisters, um, first of all, let me thank you so much, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard, for not only hosting us but having this program. It is so critical that we educate ourselves and re-educate ourselves. We're evolving from being called niggers to Negroes to colors to Africans to African descendants. 
And it all makes sense as we become more and more conscious. We have a common ancestry. That is Africa. We're people of African descent. We're Afro-descendant. And we need to understand that as we address the issues facing us. These are global issues, sometimes identified as local issues. But without us coming together with a common identity, a common purpose, with leadership that is committed to making sure that we not only survive, but that we flourish, we won't succeed. It's about the clash of civilizations. It's always been. We're seeing it now expressing itself in the Middle East. We see it expressing itself in India, where there are over 160 million black people called Dalits. We have uh, over 100 million people in Brazil. We're all over the world, but we have a common ancestry. So I thank um, the Afro-descendant nation for coming together with this architecture, for having this plebiscite. And more importantly, we thank you for time for an awakening program to make sure that we share this information so that we can build consensus, we can mobilize, and we can um, provide solidarity to each other. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much. (laughs) Bridget? Yes. I'm just rocking over here, y'all. Y'all don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I want to thank y'all for being with us, and uh, we'll be reaching out to you again. In fact, uh, uh, Dr. Keela, uh, Brother Eric, we'll be reaching out to you before uh, the convention in May. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Know, you. And you know, let, let me say this because it's on my heart. Um, you know, I, I, I think we got to realize it, but it shouldn't hamper us or stop our efforts because, you know, sometimes we're going to have some of our people that look like us uh, working for the other side or, or blo- blocking efforts to come together. Uh, when you mentioned to me, and I hope I'm not overstepping, uh, Dr. Keeler, that uh, uh, you were wanted to take the next uh, convention to Howard University, uh, and it was blocked, uh, saying that uh, it was too controversial. Uh, that that really kind of, I, I wasn't surprised, but when you hear stuff like that, it it, it does something to me. Uh, that you had to search for another venue. You got an historic venue like Howard University that have uh, uh, that have uh, produced people that have been pioneers in the struggle and to get word back by other dictates that uh, black folks coming together for the purpose of reparations and coming together in a unified manner is controversial uh, you know I, if you want to say something in reference to that Dr. Keeley or Brother Eric you can but if you want to leave it right there, it speaks for itself. Well, all that I will say uh, to that, Brother Eric, is let them watch our smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Trojan horses. But we will succeed. Tutishinda, as they say. You know, there's a famous African quote. When two brothers fight, the foreigner or the stranger inherits the property. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are now. We have to stop fighting. We have to come together. <laughs> but it takes education. And, of course, we have to remember that we're people of African descent. Because if we think of ourselves as Republicans and Democrats and Muslims and this, we've lost the battle. 
thank both of you for your work, and I'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Bye, man. All right. Have a good evening. Bye. Have a good night. Thank you. Yeah. Richard. Yes, yes. Uh, good conversation. Uh, great information. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, I'm going to put the links up on the when I put this program up for on the podcast. Uh, but before we go, let me say this again. Um, you can text, um, the keyword is reparations. The number is 877-506-2184. Again, that keyword is reparations. And the number is 877-506-2184 to get the ballot. Get your hands on the ballot. Uh, cash your votes. Uh, spread that word, spread the word, go to your church, go to your uh, uh, social organizations, go to wherever our people are, go to the barbershop, <laughs> beauty salon, and get get our people to vote. Let your voice be heard. They said that they wanted to try to get the million uh, uh, votes in. And, you know, if you uh, uh, see some of the technology you use, they have several uh they have hundreds of votes in already uh, from the different states. I don't know whether you got to see that in the video, Richard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, keep them coming. Keep them coming, brothers and sisters, so uh, we can uh, do something together. Uh, what is it? Uh, it's, a, it's a Bible verse. I think it's in the 133rd Psalm. It's, Behold how good and how pleasant, pleasant it is when brothers come together in unity. So let's keep on working, brothers and sisters. Um, before we leave tonight, uh, let me give the lineup on time for an awakening Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's African Perspectives with Brother Oshi. Always interesting topics and dialogue on African Perspectives. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Later on in the week on Thursday from uh, 9 to 10, That's because i got to straighten that out. I wasn't doing that before. That's 9 to 10 Eastern Time, 8 to 10 Central. It's Mississippi on the move. Uh, the Black Liberation Movement in Mississippi with Brother Patrick Lumumba as host. Brother Chris, uh, Sister Crystal Denise, uh, Brother Rodney Lowe, Brother Dove Sack, uh, uh, Commander Malik Hayes, uh, several key members from around uh, the state of Mississippi as part of the Mississippi on the move. That's uh, 9 to 10 Eastern Time on Thursday. Time for Awakening is back on Fridays from 8 until on Saturdays, uh, 7 to 9, the Elders of Sankofa with Dr. Janine James's host. And then Sundays, Time for an Awakening is back from uh, 7 until. Uh, next week's schedule, Richard, your, your buddy's coming in, your man. Yeah, yeah. Professor yeah. Jared, Jared Ball will be joining us uh, next week. Scheduled to join us next week. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always. And we'll be back on Sunday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon. in
Save the children. 